0: Hello, internet, and welcome to episode sixty-two of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Andrew, one of the hosts, and with me today is Mr. Mike Friedman and Stephen Kaloukas. Gentlemen,
1: how are you guys today? Hello, hello. Hey there. I'm doing awesome. It's a good day. Sun's shining. Uh, lots of work to do. We're cramming this in on a on a Tuesday after staff.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, we've been doing that for a couple weeks now, but it's great, man. It's great that we're doing this on Tuesdays. And are you guys gonna do anything with the good weather this week? I'm
2: building a fence. That seems That's, laborious. Yeah. Well, it's it's good work that I am using the weather to accomplish. So, Look, Stephen, as part of the people of this church, we're here to take down barriers. I don't know why you're building a fence. No, okay. no, just, you know, <laughs> I, I draw lines, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, man, I missed you guys. How are you guys? Like, how did the weekend go for you guys? I, I was off doing just uh, weird things with CrossFit and all that. But you guys were here. It was
1: super hot this weekend. Did you guys survive? I got sunburned out on the field on Saturday. We had a softball game, sun beaten down, and uh, Jess was at a different field with the, the sunscreen, so I got a, a little little crispy on the back of my Dude, legs. Are you, are you all about it? Like when the sun
0: is just out and it's warm and you can feel yourself like baking in the sun like a piece of bacon, and, but you're playing baseball or being a part of that? Are you just like this is my jam.
1: Like, are you all about it? Well, I'll kind of stand in the shade if I can. Okay. You know, but I'm, it's hard to, when you're coaching, it's just, you want to be, you want to be doing what you can for the kids and, and you want to be coaching well. And so okay. the weather is secondary. The the heat is secondary. The I could feel it like the sun was to my back and I could feel it on the back of my legs. And I would like try to stand just at a different angle. So the sun would hit me on the side instead of the straight on the back. I get, that's why I wear a backwards hat. Is because I get sunburned on my neck. Yeah. And
0: so I'm always just trying to like protect that. But now that I don't have hair, I need to start doing something <clears throat> with my forehead too.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got that gap those boys. in the, the, you know, the back of your hat right on your forehead. You can get a really good shape, like a, a half circle just baked right on the forehead.
0: So my first year at Royal Family Kids, I got a, a little bit of a mark where Did the sun you? beat down. Yeah. On just like where my head, head is exposed on my trekker hat. Because this is my getup was this and a pair of sunglasses. Yeah. And uh, it was super funny. That is so. funny. That, that like has
2: an airbender or Dragon Ball vibe to it, I think.
0: I, I think you're right. Steven, growing up, man, were you an indoor kid or an outdoor kid?
2: Uh, both. Okay. Um, I was outdoor until 9 a.m. And that's when it got to be 100 degrees. So then I went indoors. Okay. Now, um, Southern California, man. I mean, I
0: forgot you yeah. You go out
2: rollerblading, you go out biking, you can only be out for so long. You know, You got you to gotta come in when mom says come in. So I did a whole lot of reading and as many video games as my parents would allow me to play. Okay. Okay. I didn't have those kind of restrictions. And,
0: uh, now that I'm older, I'm starting to enjoy the weather more and more. But when I was younger, as soon as it got really bright outside, I'd be like, I don't want to, I don't want to be part of this. I'm going inside. I want air conditioning. I want a screen. I was an indoor kid and my parents were like, oh, that's fine. You're safe indoors. Yeah. <laughs> so. well,
2: I, I tended towards the indoor, but you know, every once in a while, mom would be like, go outside. Well, I don't want to go outside. Just go outside. And so you you get your rollerblades, try to meet up with a couple neighborhood kids and just go in circles for a few hours. That's awesome, dude. So you are working on a fence, Steven,
0: yeah. right? And then Mike, you, you did some baseball coaching and stuff. Was were those your first games for, for, of the season? This last
1: week we had our first games. Okay. Well, yeah. All uh, three of your kids had the first. All three, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they we played 5 games in 3 days. Wow. Between the three kids. So it was a it was a pretty fun week. That sounds like a lot. And then like with the weekend
0: with preaching and then Sunday afternoons with uh life, group. life groups and stuff. You
1: guys were probably pretty beat by the time <clears throat> my, my life group they showed up to my house before I got there because I came from Jay's game. Okay. And so it was funny they were all just sitting out on my front porch. Uh-huh. Their kids running around. They're like, "Okay, show up sometime, Mike." <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. Steven, what did you do other than
2: the, the... Dude, it's it's uh, mostly just been fence. Like okay. we we did services obviously and yeah, the the fence has really been priority one for us this weekend. I mean, Lachlan and I played with Duplos. That's What's a Duplo? It's big Legos. Oh, I know what you're talking yeah. about. It's like those little kid. Okay. Yep. yep. I've seen the word. I just have never actually said the word. Yeah. And So like for the first time, he's actually like putting it together like, oh, hey, I can put stuff together with these things. So he's been kind of building those connections in his mind now.
0: Okay. I'm just fascinated that you said Duplo and now I'm like... I'm just fixated on that. That's, that's super uh, cool. So I'm, I'm excited that Lachlan's playing with those. Do you think he's going to get into like a specific
2: genre of toy growing up? Honestly, right now, he just likes doing stuff. Okay. Like he likes building stuff. He likes trains. He likes going outside. He loves going outside. Okay, so I think he's going to be following Mike around, probably doing some uh, t-ball and softball when he gets bigger. But... As of right now, it's too early to tell what he gravitates towards, but he just, he likes being active. That's cool, man. I was thinking about, uh, so the the other week, maybe last week or the week before I sent
0: Mike, this history of GI Joes. Did you ever watch that Mike? Not yet. Okay. I, it's it's worth the 40 minutes of your time. I'll get to it sooner or later, but yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I was just thinking about how we have these cartoons or these things that kind of defined our our childhood. And I'm wondering what Lachlan's going to have. Growing up and just... But I guess nowadays, it just, it's just whatever you you want to throw on,
2: on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. As, as parents these days, you have a lot of control or a lot of ability to control. Yeah. And so, uh, right now, he's a Muppet Babies and Berenstein Bears kid, so yeah that's awesome really enjoying some of them berenstein bears they don't have ads <laughs> cool all right guys so
0: i mean it's fun to catch up and all but what's going on in the church
2: i know there's a lot of things starting and a lot of things
0: happening and stuff um it feels weird i feel disconnected i just was gone one weekend
2: and uh you you, you were gone this week i i was oh, wow. man uh some people did, thought i was did on you sp- know he was gone so. i only knew because you were doing the welcome oh okay yeah wow Yeah.
0: Yeah. You said (laughs) I was on vacation and I I guess I was right. It doesn't feel like a vacation when I'm just gone for like a weekend, but, uh, people kept messaging me like, I don't want to disturb your, your vacation, but I need this. I'm like, I'm not, I'm fine guys. I'm, I can, I'm watching, I'm, I'm tagging along. It's, it's great. But yeah, man, I was, uh, I went to a CrossFit competition. I didn't compete. I went to go support my buddy who was competing and it was a group effort, man. It was fun to kind of be there to coach him, to give him some strategies and, uh, it was super cool to see him just kick a lot of butt, and he podiumed. He got second place out of, uh, I think there were nine competitors. That's pretty awesome. stuff. Yeah, he. Uh, it was funny because I was watching that first workout that he did, and he just dominated. And there was a part of me that was like, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be at the next tier of competition where you can struggle a little bit more. But mm-hmm. whatever. I feel like he was doing things on easy mode. But there was that. And then I was up in Seattle uh with my brother. He just turned twenty six. Twenty-seven. Oh my gosh. My brother is twenty seven, guys. Nice. Kids grow up so fast. So yeah, man, so that's that's where I was this weekend. But uh yeah, I just I just I'm just trying to get my bearings. What, well, what's we going on? we
1: missed you too this weekend. We had a oh, good weekend. It was very fun. And um excited for this weekend. You're preaching this weekend. I am, I am excited for that. That'll be pretty good. You're kinda the exclamation point at the end of our series on I'm done. And
0: Yeah, actually now that you bring that up, I, I since we're sp- speaking on the podcast, I wanted to ask you something Mike. In your message, you I can't remember which message it was, but you talked about how this is actually the the done series is kind of your own battle cry for dealing with uh with dealing with like when you when you come
1: when you hit a wall yeah. and things like that. How long has this been something you've been practicing? I think since uh, early college. Okay. And so it's part of it comes out of, um, just reading some books on what's interesting enough, battling lust, things like that. Okay. And so, you know, you're a college guy, you're trying to figure out how do I deal with this year? I remember walking around campus and in the spring like this and like, you know, secular college. And it's like, wow, people aren't wearing a whole lot of clothes and, and I got to like figure out how I'm going to deal with this. And, uh, and so come out of reading some, some books about that and just, Studying the scripture and just thinking through, like, what are what are what do you do when you're faced with temptation? Mm -hmm. How how do you handle it? And less battle cry, ah, Mm -hmm. more battle plan. Like this is this is these are the steps I go through. Yeah, okay. And I think for me, you know, if we're recapping the series right now, the the D is don't ignore reality. You just got to be honest. Mm -hmm. I got to be honest with myself when I'm tempted. I got to be honest with myself when I fail, Mm -hmm. and and with others, I need to be able to repent and confess. In light of salvation. And so that's the D, don't ignore reality. And the O, the shorthand of it is on Christ look. What I preached is I said, outlook determines outcome. So look to Christ. That sounds a little bit better than on Christ look. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, the on Christ look is I just, I turn my attention to everything Jesus is and everything he's done. Remembering who he is, 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 that's the gospel message, right? Mm -hmm. And then allowing that to flow into what, what we preached on this weekend, which is new life is yours in Christ. And so because of Jesus as the perfect sinless substitution in his death and his resurrection for me. Because of that, I have been given a brand new life. And the scripture makes it so clear, right, that that my I have died to sin. And this is actually one of the, the foundational beliefs for, for a believer. My life group, we talked about it some on Sunday. We really fleshed it out, actually. We said so often the, the core belief you have about The power of sin or the power of God is going to determine your outcome in the battle. Mm -hmm. If at the very core of your belief, you believe that sin is more powerful than God and your temptation is more powerful than God, you're going to fail. You're going to to fall. You're going to be overwhelmed. You're going to be carrying that guilt. But if, if you are willing to believe what the scripture actually says is very plainly, right? You have died. How can we who have died to sin still live in it? You're dead to sin if you believe that the power of God is stronger than the power of sin in your life, that changes the way you battle your sin. Mm -hmm. That changes the way you go into battle and you say, I don't have to give in to my temptation. I don't, I don't have to do, I don't have to act in anger or pride. I I don't have to be hateful towards someone. I don't have to, you know, pursue my lust. I, that power is broken. If you believe that you you can walk that path of new life. I'm preaching a little bit now, but that's, you know, that's, the first three steps, and this weekend you get to everything get to, is about God.
0: Yeah, what we're in. Yeah, and I, I get to yeah be the the exclamation mark on the series. I, I'm super excited for it. I have a lot of ideas and thoughts, and so I, I love preaching, man, and I love the process of sifting through what God is doing through the Word. But I, no, I, I was I actually wanted to ask you about this because uh, I I don't know about you, Stephen, but I've noticed that the series has been a little bit different. I don't I, I don't not in the sense of like content, but like there is a I've felt it now. I feel like there has been like a personal connection with you and in, in speaking. And I, when, once you shared that this is part of your personal battle plan, I was like, Oh man, that's where the heart connection is through this. I, I think it's really cool when, um, pastors are seen as juggernauts of the faith in many ways. Right. I mean, like oftentimes if you go to a church, people are going to be like, uh, oh, pastors are the most spiritual person here. I kind of feel like that's, needs
2: that's to just be. kind of like a, a norm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ho- hopefully they're one of the more mature people in the church.
2: Yeah. hopefully, hopefully, but uh you know
0: I uh, um I sorry you you said that and I was thinking about this. I was on this youth ministry download page and there is they're asking, hey, what's the weirdest thing you've ever seen a service in a service? And there was a worship leader who asked the church to take off their sock to spin it around in the air, and he was singing, "You uh, spinning you right round, Jesus, like a record, oh, something over and over again." That and wounds I, me. It wounded me like it was. I, I watched that and I was like, Whoa.
2: I just. Uh, that is
0: hilarious uh, from an outside perspective looking into it, but it's not it, – I don't feel like that's edifying. Like, I got
2: to deploy all. some spiritual correction on a dude. No.
0: Anyway, you you brought that up like maturity of leadership, and I was like – instantly thought about that. that. I literally just saw that like 20, 10 minutes before we went into the staff meeting today. <laughs> like, anyway, I appreciate you <laughs> –
1: Sharing. I don't know what to do with that, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I can go on in this podcast. <laughs> You're like, I'm done. He just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> don't ignore reality. <laughs> no, I,
0: I appreciate you sharing um, like a personal tool that you have used and honestly, probably by now have been refining. Because that that's a lot of insight to bring into the flock to people who, if they can grab a hold of this, to walk with it. And I think... I think that's why it's connected uh, with a lot of not that other messages don't, but you know what I mean? Like when there's that personal touch and that, that experience, like this is a this is a piece of knowledge that has been refined
2: over just years of experience and practice and that those and are things that people need more than that. Even it's not just that this is something that's been refined, but it's something that we're not borrowing from an outside source. And like, Oh, I read this from, you know, pastor MacArthur, you know, and he's awesome, but I read this from him and I'm sharing it with you. It's no, I've, this is what I use. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I agree
1: with you there, Andrew. It's, it's definitely very personally applicable. And it, it, it's interesting you talk about refined because it's shifted over the years. I, I remember as a youth pastor teaching, this and it's kind of infancy stage and i talked about your your mind your eyes your heart and then your hands mind reality your eyes looking at christ right instead of temptation your heart you have got a new heart you got a heart a flesh not a heart of stone and then your your hands like what do you do how do you act everything for the glory of god Mm -hmm. and so that's it infancy stage was that kind of like hey my, my mind and my eyes and my heart and my hands. This is how things work, right? And uh, and then it's it's kind of transition into maybe trying to make it a little bit more accessible for folks to remember. I think what's cool about that is
0: it reflects a spiritual journey for people who, as you are studying the word and you are young, you might God might whisper something to your heart, and it's that truth is what you need in that moment. But that tr- that truth remains true because it's God's truth, right? As you continue to read in the word, and you see see how that truth is applied to different areas of your life. And as you grow, you are, I don't know, I, the idea of refinement and development of ideas of, of understanding truth, because it's not that God's truth changes. I think we
1: understand, we start to understand it more deeply yeah, and it impacts more areas of your life. And that's, that's part of the journey. That's spot on. Even that phrase, like God whispers something in your heart, like you get a thought, you get an idea, you get kind of an, I'd say an intuition, you sense from the Lord, Well, what do you do with that? Mm -hmm. You test it, with the scriptures and the more I've kind of, the more you test your thoughts and your ideas, the scriptures either like double down. I'm like, Oh, this really, this is a biblical perspective and a biblical worldview Or you say, ah, eh, I think I probably should think differently because I, it's yeah. not matching with the scripture. Right. Yeah. And so over years, as you think through, how do you battle sin and how, you know, reading other works on battling sin, we're going to talk about mortification. You can talk yeah. about mortification of sin, but Jonathan Owen, like that kind of idea, like uh, how do you do that? Well, it just builds year after year after year after year and honestly the battle never ends it does this is a battle that every one of us we're going to be in until we're rescued into heaven and so hopefully we're always developing it hopefully we're always thinking more deeply about the scripture in terms of how do i successfully honor god with all Mm -hmm. of my life and and not give in to the temptation of satan because because i've died to sin yeah
0: yeah. I, I, I just, I wanted to bring that out because principally I think about the parents who are listening to this podcast and as they grow in their own convictions of the word, I, I want to encourage them to continue to meditate on God's word because as you learn, as you wrestle, you're going to be able to start putting together like a package of tools to pass down to your children as well. As you continue to contemplate the word, as you continue to meditate on the word and think through it, I think it's really easy for people nowadays to just hear something, agree with it, and then just check out And, uh, I don't know. I just want to say it's, it's awesome to do that, but Hey Mike, you, uh, last week we, we, we talked about family fiction and I actually posted the links to the books that people could, uh, buy on Amazon if they, if they wanted to.
2: Awesome. So I'm, I'm excited to see if other people pick that up. I'll confess. I started the wing feather saga. I'm only in like chapter two, but I started it.
0: So can I also confess that something I put it in my shopping cart and I was actually going to start the wing feather series as well awesome something
2: about uh the idea of just reading some fiction would be sounding good to me i I actually got through like the prologue prologue happens in like three stages and then i i stopped and i was just like jessica i have to read this to you this is the most creative approach to world building i have ever seen and i was just like so you like oh no dude i was just like this is
1: creative so so i loved it that's cool so hey, I, I've got copies. Okay, actually, they just came out in hardbound, and so I, I had to order them in hardbound. So I have paperback and hardbound. So you can you can borrow my paperback. All right, I don't want to touching my hardbound. Take,
0: but take you up on that. I, I just want to encourage kids to read as well too. I I, I keep thinking about like how cool would it would be for kids ministry that we pass out books for them to read. And just encourage that. I mean, summer reading plans, right? Read the word and
1: read these books. Actually,
0: we might do that.
1: That sounds like a pretty idea. Of books, the whole church reading through Wingfeather this summer, like book one or something. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so great, anyway,
1: great so, idea, Stephen.
0: Yeah, hey, hey, glad I thought of it. <laughs> yeah,
1: and then I also got a
2: a sample of C. R. Wiley's new book, uh, The Purloined Boy, which is his attempt at at doing a younger uh, generation reading as well. But I haven't started it yet, so I gotta check that out before I can be like, "Yeah, go go do this." But I do like his writing and his his philosophies. So well, cool. Yeah, so we talked about that last week. This week,
0: we're coming back to uh, John Jonathan Edwards' resolutions. Now, Mike, you uh, you brought forth some words uh, I, I've seen before, but I haven't seen in quite some time, the words uh, vivification and more mort- Well, I guess next week you said we we're going to talk about
1: mortification, but uh, I, do you kind of want to introduce us to this idea, these resolutions? Yeah. So if, if we're looking at categories, and I, I think Desiring God put them into these categories, I don't remember, but the, the term is vivific- vivification. It, it's kind of a, a hard one to get out. You're just,
0: smiling. Just get both Vs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't get the. Uh, vivification. Vi- I said vivification. I forgot there's an F I in there. Vivification. Yeah.
1: And so this is, you know, the term is vivification of righteousness. And this is the idea of like pouring life or energy or, you know, like, like um, yourself into something. So something is seen as, as living. And so that these resolutions are resolutions around saying, I'm going to pour life into righteousness. I'm going to pour life into really my life in Christ. And so I'm going to live the way I'm, I'm called to live and make sure that's my, my, my big goal, right? That's kind of the idea. Is that, does that make sense to you? It makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, to you. Yeah. And so the, if, if you think about it, like a two-sided coin, the other side of that coin then is is mortification and so we mentioned john owen's work mortification of sin mm-hmm. and so next week we'll probably unless we get another idea to do a one-off podcast but our next resolutions ones will will do on killing sin that's putting something to death and so you're putting bringing something to life and in theologically speaking you're not bringing anything to life because mm-hmm. god's the one that's done all that but you're just walking in that newness of life mm-hmm. that you have and then you're you're putting to death that old life and so it's interesting because this is kind of what we're talking about this week and last week in our sermon series. And we didn't really plan it to line up with the podcast, but this last week we talked about new life is yours to walk in. This is that that vivification of righteousness. And we really aimed last week at the reality that your old life is dead. That's that's so much of it last week. You have died to sin. How who how can we who have died to sin still live in it? The 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 answer to that is what yeah don't you don't you yeah you don't you're not supposed to do eat, that right and so be, because of that th- these things are kind of seen as a pair mm-hmm. life on one hand and, or one side of the coin and and killing sinfulness on the other hand and so he's got a handful of of resolutions around this and maybe we'll have steven be our our reader today um Ooh. he's still kind of the, the rookie in here but uh why don't you go ahead and read um let's just jump into resolution 30. Resolution 30. Resolved to strive every
2: week to be brought higher in religion and to a higher exercise of grace than I was the week
1: before. What do you think about that language, Stephen? It's English. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, well,
2: It's like an older English, though. I must read different books than you. you.
1: You do. I've been trying to go back through the Fellowship of the Rings, so... See, we should have had him here and some of those earlier ones that were super wordy and some language was really thick to get through. But this is right up Stephen Daly, though. I
0: was thinking, like, as much time as you spend reading those cool books, I'm on TikTok. So I don't know. <laughs> oh, my know. goodness.
1: <laughs> I don't spend a lot of time. It's just, you know, it's just where I dwell. Hey, I got a sermon for you to listen to, by the way. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this is this is Edwards. I, I think as I think of Edwards, this is what I think of. This is the idea that, that I am, I'm striving for progress. I'm, I'm hoping that this next week is different than this past week. I'm hoping that I'm, I'm moving inch by inch deeper and further into my faith, into the life that God's called me to, right? This is, I mean, all of these resolutions so far, they all come back to this idea that I'm not static, I'm not stagnant. I'm not sitting on my hands. I'm not going to be content. But I am always, every week, every day. I mean, even every moment, I am. I'm pressing forward. He says to a higher exercise of grace than I was the week before. This is what we're talking about.
2: In uh, parkour, we used to have a uh, saying to um, continually strive towards unattainable perfection. And so it's the idea that there is something that you'll never actually reach, but there's always another level. There's always something more to work on, another another thing that you can reach for, right? And I think that in in faith, this is the same concept: is, is don't sit where you are, don't be comfortable, right? Continue to push.
1: Yeah, I think. About- I think about the godly people in my life. I have the godly people in my life, the older generation. When I talk to them, I have never met one of them, that I esteem highly as a godly person that says, yeah, you know, I really feel like I've arrived. Yeah. You know, last week I had, uh, I had lunch with a missionary that's been on, on field for like 30 years, his whole life. He's about to retire. And he's thinking, what's next? How can I serve someone else? How can I do something more? How can I care for others? Like, I mean, he could say, man, I have given all these years to the mission field. And now it's time for me to put my feet up. And there was, there wasn't an ounce of that. There wasn't an ounce of that. I mean, he's looking for what God has next for him. And I think that's how godliness works. You, you're not content. You're like, okay, I'm done. You know, we, we actually, we end up listening to Paul's words, Philippians 2, uh, 12 and 13. I feel like Philippians 1, 6 and Philippians 2, 12 and 13 are like a common theme for our podcast over the last few years. But Andrew, why don't you, why don't you read that passage? Yeah,
0: uh, Philippians 2, 12 through 13. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed. So now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you
1: both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Yeah, the command here is to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, you need to understand this doesn't say work for your salvation. This isn't saying earn your salvation. The idea of working out is it's living into it. It's right it's walking in this newness of life like like embracing the fullness of the the life that you have in Christ and and going with it and doing it with fear and trembling like recognizing the price has been paid for you to walk in it, recognizing the holiness of God and, and the, the wretchedness that you have. And yet he calls you to draw near, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And then he says this, he says, for it is God that is working in you or who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God's doing two things inside of you. He's giving, giving you the desire to be godly, to walk in, live in your salvation. And he's giving you what else? The power. Yeah, the power to do so. You earlier you talked about that
0: missionary who was talking about like the next step for his life and coming back to this this resolution, of the idea of striving every week to be brought higher in religion, to be to be higher in the exercise of grace. You know what's interesting is that there is that there is a an assumed cadence that every week this person Jonathan Edwards was was reflecting on how did I do this week, how am I going to do this week, what what am I going to do this upcoming week to be challenged by that, and in my mind when I read that. I was thinking of like in my own personal life, I'm always thinking, like, what, what area of my God, my life is God trying to redeem right now? What God, where is sanctification happening and need to happen in my life? And that's one element to it. But when you mentioned that, that missionary, I forget that like that, that's also the case that sometimes God continues to save us and sanctify us as time goes on. But he's also preparing us for the next step. And there are times when we're like, what is the next adventure? really as we as we step into things Steven, you just transitioned right into from the, the TSA to to, to boy, Val- now the secrets out yeah and you you that's this is the next step for you the next yeah, man. yeah. and Mike you and I've talked about this like I am even now I'm I've been kind of looking over the horizon I was like what is what is what is on the horizon what is what is God calling me to do next after 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 Valley or something like that that's
2: there's always something to be striving for towards, because we want to glorify God more and more and grow in that. If you want to just put it into like an example, I mean, uh, instruments in the temple were sanctified for the purpose of use for worship, right? You don't sanctify something to put it in a storage closet. You sanctify something for use for God's purposes. Yeah. And that comes with the idea of
0: regular reflective growth, just praying through like, where is God calling me to step up? And it could be the smallest thing. It could be like, Hey, this week I'm going to watch YouTube less. Or actually, maybe focusing on instead of exclusion, inclusion. I'm going to read my read the word more. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to check in on my fellow congregants more, and that that's an exercise of grace over the course of time. Yeah,
1: and start where you are. This isn't saying, oh my goodness, I got to be reading the whole Bible every week. Yeah. Start where you are. Those little steps, week after week, they go a long way in maturity.
0: It it does, and I, I like that
1: you said that. Start where you are because it's a growth
0: process. Um, I, right now, what's on my mind right now is um, just training and and nutrition and stuff. And a lot of times, I was talking to someone yesterday who who wanted some help, and they they wanted to cut thirty pounds in the next like six months, which possible. And what they wanted to focus on is like, what do I like the exact number of m- macronutrients they need to be eating and all this stuff. And I was like, you know what, you could just do. Just eat an apple. Just practice these small steps. Just getting more regular fruits and vegetables, and build this this lifetime. You'll you'll grow into that, and that's a lot more fruitful than crashing uh, into something
2: huge. Fruitful. <laughs> you see what uh, I did there? Ooh. Yeah. Hey, he that's did cool. it, not me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I totally agree with you, though. I mean, we um our softball team. We had a first game this weekend. I mentioned it, and it was big joy for me right mm-hmm. got a handful of kids never played before first game ever they got their very first hit in the game i mean i could have done a backflip i was so happy that's that's the success you're looking for i would love to see him do a back right win, i'm on it win or lose win or lose and you know you always want to win but win or lose what you're looking for is that improvement mm-hmm. and then yesterday we had practice and we we worked on only small things all these little small things that go into success and uh and it the girls ended up having fun doing it, but I was a little worried it was going to be a boring practice because we were breaking things down to really basic things. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that's how that's how you succeed. Yeah, you you master those small things. You work on those small things, even if you've been doing it for a decade, right? Professional baseball baseball players, they still hit off a tee in their practice, right? That's the stand that holds the ball. And, you know, oh, okay, gotcha. You. Uh, <laughs> but you're working on those small things, and so start where you are. Work on small things, and and man, it, you will find. Incredible outcomes. Reflect and take small, consistent steps. That's I think. I think that's kind of the
0: in, in your faith. Uh, that's the theme of that that resolution there. Yeah, so.
2: Stephen.
1: Why don't you read uh, resolution forty two?
2: Forty two resolved. Frequently to renew the dedication of myself to God, which was made at my baptism, which I solemnly renewed when I was received into the communion of the Church, and which I have solemnly remade this twelfth day of January, seventeen twenty three.
1: Yeah, so he's saying, Here's what I'm going to do I'm going to remember and I'm going to renew my dedication. He's saying, I, I, "I'm going to make dedication a big deal for me. I'm going to constantly be working on how dedicated I am." And he he actually uses a kind of a time frame. What's the time frame he uses here? Uh, it looks like he does it frequently. Frequently, that, That's yeah. a good observation, Andrew. Spot on. <laughs> uh, frequently, frequently. What what he's saying here is, how often should I renew my dedication to the Lord? It's, it's interesting. My my son, youngest son, Asher on Sunday he turned in a card. We've got three different cards on our weekend service that people can fill out. One of them says, "I'm new to Valley, just want to connect." One of them is uh, "Hey, I want to get involved in things." And then there's a prayer request card and on the bottom of that prayer request card, we have this little line that says, "Today for the first time, I'm trusting in Jesus mm-hmm. as my savior," right? Well, Asher's done this before. He's he's trusted in Jesus before. We I mean, he he can explain the gospel. He 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 knows it and he shows repentance, a lot of cool things in his life. And yet he he did it in that service. You know, that's why. Well, a lot of kids do it over and over again. But honestly, we should be doing the same thing. Yep. Not saying for the first time, you know, you don't have to walk around week to week. Maybe I'm not saved. But there should be this, this constant kind of renewal, this constant remembering of, of that moment where we put our faith in Christ and then renewing it over and over again.
0: Yeah, it makes me think about,
1: you know, when you're in high school and you go to youth group, everyone,
0: like when you go to camp and there's like this big emotional, like I'm going to give my life to Jesus. And it's all emotional. and It's, it's super cool in, in many ways. And it's interesting in other ways. A lot of the kids back then when I was, when I was in youth group, they would look to this one moment, like, but that's when I gave my life group. That's when I dedicated. I'm like, well, what's stopping you from rededicating right now? What is, what's, what's stopping you from like, uh, other than all the hype and everything else, like why not just Give your life to Jesus on a regular basis. Recommit because there seems to be a lot of energy when you make that first step, right? A, a lot of people um, at the beginning of the year, actually we started doing this uh, under the theme of resolutions. When you make a commitment to be healthier or something like that, you peter out a little bit. But if you regularly commit to something, if you regularly remind yourself of what you're about, you that starts to build a little consistency and you start to see growth in that. And it keeps you on the, on the straight
1: and narrow in many ways. And I actually think that Christian life has built into it certain rhythms that help you do this, mm-hmm. right? I, I wrote a few of these. And, and one of them is when you go to someone else's baptism, you can't help, but in a sense, I mean, hopefully you can't help, but renew your commitment. When someone says, this is what Christ has done for me. You remember what Christ has done for you. And you're when, when you remember, mm-hmm. in fact, a gal told me this last week, she says, every time there's a baptism, she cries right? She's like, I can't help it. I cry during baptisms, right? Like why? Well, it's a display of the grace of God. It's remembering that grace has been extended to you. And so a baptism or, or what is the purpose of communion? You want to answer that? I was actually going to just say, Hey, I was thinking the same thing, um, is that
2: here Jesus has said, every time that you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And so it's a constant reminder of his sacrifice, which leads to our atonement. Yeah,
0: I, I wonder what's going on in the minds of other people when we take communion. But I, I know for me that as we read through the scriptures, and as we practice it, man, I am preaching the gospel to myself in those reflective moments because I need Christ. And whatever has happened, I'm recommitting right there and right then. Communion is an awesome thing. It is.
1: Yeah. And I actually think, honestly, our, our rhythm of, of worship service on the Lord's Day every week is this built-in way to renew your dedication to the Lord. I mean, every, every time you come to a worship service, once again, you're singing, you're singing the praises of God who's rescued you. Once again, you're sitting under the word of God that's been opened and hopefully you're being encouraged and challenged, right? There's always encouragement and hopefully always challenge. And, and, you know, in preaching, what we try to do when we preach, we don't want to give a sermon that, Hey, I'm just going to encourage your socks off and tell you how awesome you are and how loved you are. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that, but I'm also going to do the other side of that because you're this walk in it the other side's true though when someone comes to a service we don't want to just be like hey here's how messed up you are and here's all the wrong you've done and you should be feeling guilt and shame that's not the goal either the goal is that you remember you remember how awesome god is in forgiving you and that encourages and challenges you week after week after week you know it's uh Kind of funny.
2: I mean, that's exactly right. But that same exact mindset is woven into how I build the song sets of each worship service is starting by examining the glory of God and just how awesome he is. That's why I have songs like How Awesome is the Lord Most High. But then at some point in the service, usually about two or three songs in, I kind of make a slight turn into saying how amazing is it that God has done these things because I am a sinner and, and realizing my need for a savior and then towards the end of the service, highlighting what he has done and then ending again by praising him for who he is. So it's it's both of those sides of that coin again is, is saying this is the encouragement, but also this is my need. And then returning to that encouragement, we, we call it rehearsing the gospel. You know, and we do that every week, you know, along with the idea of renewal, I, I think of, I can't remember what pastor I was listening to when I
0: was in college, but it, it's been described to me at times that, uh, there's a philosophy that the, the weekend service is all like a team huddle as in like all the Christians are getting together. Cause this, you said this before, Stephen, like the services are for the Christian. As we come together, we gather around God, we gather around his word and we are getting our minds right and focused because we we're about to be sent back out into the world. And so there are times that we have to come back, remind like, this is what matters. Whatever happens throughout the week, there's a lot of things that hold our attention that need our attention and all these things. But that renewal, that idea, that rhythm to come back from week to week and to engage in the words, engage with family who are on the same mission as we are. That's what brings that back to the forefront so that we aren't lost in all the, the, the just the worldly um,
1: temptations and things that distract us. Mm-hmm. And doing that together with church family, like gathering together for the worship service, everyone together, that the community effect, it has an impact on you. You, know, yeah. you were talking about this this last weekend in your experience, right?
0: Yeah. So I was gone, but um, I'm, I'm thankful that we stream services, but it is a very different experience to be on this side of a screen looking into what I know to be my family as they're all like together. Um, it's interesting Saturday night after Saturday night, after the competition, I I went home and I I knew service was starting. So I I streamed it. I had it on my tablet, but I was tired, man. And so I I was laying in bed watching the service. And, uh, it was a weird experience knowing that like, this is a very important thing, but the posture of like my comfort right now to just be like under the covers and doing whatever, like, it's very disengaging. It's very like, technically I'm a part of this kind of maybe not even technically, but it's not as edifying as like being with my brothers and sisters. So actually the next morning, uh, my mom actually watches the services. Um, we gathered around the TV together and it was fun
1: engaging together through that. That, that, that was a different fellowship, but that's, We've heard yeah. about that from folks. I mean, yeah. there's folks in our church that are still waiting for their, their COVID vaccine. That's And so they haven't come back yet. And, and I hear from them that they miss it and they want to be back desperately and they long for it. And yet, you know, for whatever reasons, people have not engaged. And then the flip side of that is those who I, I think there's some that maybe say, hey, I'm kind of used to not going to church now. And I'm kind of, you know, using my Sundays or my Saturdays to do whatever I want now. And and, you know, as a pastor, my heart like grieves for them because they're missing this opportunity to renew their dedication week after week after week on the Lord's day. And and I guess if that's you and you can, I would encourage you come back to worship service, even if you're not part of Valley, even if you're the person listening to this in the middle of Illinois or whatever it is like. Go back to your church service, be connected with your church family and allow that weekend rhythm of dedication to, to encourage you in your faith. Yeah. This is all
0: under the theme of vivification. The idea of like, if you're going to walk that life or, or actually another book that I've read, um, I think it was every man's, every man's battle. They use a philosophy of like, there are, there are two dogs in your heart, right? And the one you feed is the one that's going to win. So if there's a dog that like wants to sin, that wants to do whatever, and then there's a dog that like the spirit wants to do the right thing and wants to do what god's called him to do whatever you feed is what's going to overcome and overtake you're missing the opportunity to feed to feed your soul yeah. vivication is the idea right, that we're growing towards that we're we're investing our energy our efforts into the idea of sanctification that god is growing us and so when we're not a part of the church when we're going through the motions of technically doing what we're supposed to be doing uh you're really
2: strangling your your spiritual life is what you're doing Oh, I I like to to put things into like um, old Roman military imagery for the youth group and whatnot. And it's kind of like the difference between soldiers that are marching drills and swinging their weapons. And then off to the side, you've got this kid with a stick. You know, you you might be going through the motions, but you're not part of the platoon. You you need to, you know, get there, be with your brothers and sisters, because that's how you're going to be effective
1: in battle. Let's keep going. I mean, we're kind of uh, a crawl enthusiast, actually, but... Um, Stephen, once you go ahead and hit 43, 43 resolved,
2: never henceforward till I die to act as if I were in any way my own,
1: but entirely and altogether gods, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Yep. And then, uh, along with that, this, this makes me think of the passage from one Corinthians six, 18 through 20. Andrew, if you want to read the text. Yeah. Uh, first Corinthians. Yep. Mm-hmm. Flee from sexual
0: immorality. Every other every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So
1: glorify God in your body. Yeah. And this is what Edwards is saying here. He's basically saying, you know what? I'm I'm never henceforth t- till I die to act as if I were in any way my own. Um, this is rubs against our, you know, our cultural sensitivities, right? Like what about my free time? What about my money? What about my leisure? What about my hobbies? You know, like the reality is for the believer is that stuff's gone. Mm -hmm. I'm not my own.
2: I mean, that's not to say that I don't have any kind of leisure time or enjoy, you know, a tabletop board game with my family, but it's to say that there's a different focus. There's a different priority. Mm -hmm. And, And there's a different need there because like I, because you, you could read that and interpret that as like, okay,
0: I'm just going to work for the Lord all the time and never stop to like smell the roses and do these things. But that's not what we're called to do. Yeah. You're supposed to invest in your family. You're supposed to rest. You, you honor God when you rest. Yeah. You, you can honor God when you are hiking and enjoying his creation and tying it back to him because everything is about God. But if you
2: do it solely for your own edification and just for your own pleasure and it's selfish, divorced from everything else, right, we go down a really bad road. It's like Mike was just saying, like my me time. Well, me time implies that you are somehow like drained by investing in other people. But I mean, the Bible talks about refreshing others and you'll be refreshed. So
1: there's there's just a disconnect there. In the guardrails you guys are putting up are wise, right? This isn't saying, "Oh my goodness, I am not reading my Bible every second of the day. I must mm. be a sinner, right?" Mm. I must. Th- this is saying, "How do I think about it? what's my philosophy? What's my my worldview about how I think about my life?" I I belong to God. He's rescued me, and so I want to live in light of 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 that truth. I want to bring Him glory. I want to live in a way that's not pursuing my my selfish ends. And I think the next resolution actually it brings even some clarity into this. Um, I'll go ahead and read this one. It says, Resolved, that no other end but religion shall have any influence at all on any of my actions and that no action shall be in the least circumstance any otherwise than the religious end will carry it. And again, kind of wordy here, but but what he's saying here is he's saying, "I'm, I'm gonna examine the influences of my life and think through what are, What are the things pouring into me that are causing me to act certain ways? Mm -hmm. And the reason I think this overlaps with the last one, because it says, you know, I can, I can pursue lots of different things in my pursuit of Jesus Christ. Um, but it forces us to ask, what are the things that I'm pursuing or what are the influences in my life that aren't helping me do that? Mm -hmm. And then weed them out. And so my example here is, is, um, The last few weeks, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos on how to pitch a softball. The reason I'm doing it, well, I'm coaching softball and I'm not really good at it. (laughs) Uh, I'm not good at pitching, at least. I'm trying to figure that out. That's not, I was a baseball player, not a softball player, but my daughter, God bless her, she loves softball and she wants to be a pitcher and the girls on our team need to learn to pitch. I'm learning this. I'm spending a lot of time, it's a lot of influence in my life, but I'm doing it so that I can benefit others and so that i can be a light in the community i'm doing it ultimately so that i can be seen as someone who's trustworthy as i share the gospel into lives of people and Mm -hmm. and so it all connects and it's not just well i really love sports and so my life is about sports and all i do is think about sports there's there's a bigger picture and that's the that's the really the guiding influence recognizing that i'm not my own Mm -hmm. does that make sense no that that makes sense because that's so uh actually i was talking to, to lance
0: about this our, our previous pastor once when i first showed up here at the church i i was i was in the at the time but i would just like anyone else i would start like a routine and then after a couple of like weeks i'd be like oh, i'm done with this and just whatever but the motivation back then was to be jacked like arnold or something just because i just wanted to be <laughs> jacked but then i i've i've been so i've been doing like functional fitness now for the last four years like i i've worked out every month like it, i've I'm far more consistent nowadays than I ever was back then because the motivation is different. I don't work out. I train so that I can be prepared to serve others. That's underneath. Like that's the, that's the calling that I feel when I do that. And that, I think that saves me from idolatry and that brings me the, um, the resolve really to continue. And I think that's the same thing with like when you're watching like YouTube, there's a difference between actively learning a new skill so you can better someone else versus passively checking out because your day's been bad. You know, like those are different things.
2: I was also, uh, as we were reading the resolution, my mind went to, like, career and in pursuit of, of financial gain, right? And, you know, you, my brain does a couple different walks through, through scriptures there, saying you can't love two masters, you can't love God and money, and money is the root of many kinds of evil, but at the same time, if you examine the early church in Acts, those that had need were provided for by the donations of those that had businesses, had land, and so if you are pursuing career, you're pursuing success and financial financial gain, but doing so with the intent that you are going to support the ministries and the people of God. There's there's a difference in your focus and your outlook, right? Where's your love, right? Uh, I used to follow a podcast uh, that was actually about that very concept, saying that we wanted to pursue... um, business success and an enterprise for the glory of god because if you have that sort of influence and you have that sort of resource you're able to deploy it in your community and and reinforce the work of the people there yeah so um let's handle this last one steven you want to go ahead and read that one too 45. Resolved never to allow any pleasure or grief, joy or sorrow, nor any affection at all, nor any degree of affection, nor any circumstance relating to it, but what helps religion.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I had to read this a few times. At first, I felt like he did not complete his sentence. I was reading, I was reading him saying, I'm never going to allow any of these things. And I was waiting for him to say, I'm never going to allow any of these things to do something to Get do Mike, what just gaslighting Jonathan Edwards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you're like, it, it feels like
1: to do what? Yeah. yeah. It, and, and then I, I, I was like, okay, obviously uh, he's probably writing better than I'm reading. So I read it a few more times and okay, here's what he's saying. He says, it's not that I'm never going to allow these things to do something. He just simply says, I'm never going to allow these things period. Mm-hmm. That, that that's it. That's the tweet, right? Like, period. That, that's it. That's I'm not going to allow these things. And so, what are the things? What are the things that, that he is not going to allow? As you guys read it again, list them off for me. Pleasure, uh grief, joy, or sorrow. Yeah. yeah. In, unless they do what? Unless it helps religion. Unless it helps religion. So the he's qualifying them. Unless it helps by religion. He's meaning his faith in Christ. His. Vivification of righteousness right. is his growing in the, the godly life. I'm not going to allow any of these things unless they're helping me grow in
2: Christ likeness. Right. Like this is in my mind, it's again focus. Um, he's not saying, hey, I'm going to be Jedi. There is no emotion. But this is saying my emotions should
1: be subservient to Christ. Yeah. He's going to guard his emotions and he's going to guard his thoughts. And this, again, this is a common theme. And maybe this is a theme because I have teenagers in my household, right? One's a teen and one's a preteen, but we have this conversation all the time. I think we maybe even had it last week. The difference between uh, understanding your feelings are real, but they're not always true, right? Like, okay, I feel angry or I feel upset or I feel slighted. Okay. But what's true? Well, what's true is that I'm loved. What's true is that I'm forgiven. What's true is I, I have a purpose and I have a hope. Those those things battle with each other. And he's saying, I'm, I'm not going to allow the things that take away from what's true and take away from what keeps me moving forward. You know, it's interesting. It, it,
0: you could also interpret this as like, because we are emotions, God gave us emotions. It's also about where are you going to spend that emotional energy? And if it's going to be on something that's, that'll help the faith move forward. Um, a couple years ago, we had those fires up in OMAC or something here, here in Washington. And I remember we, I was in a, a polite discussion with someone and we were gathering resources for the firefighters and those displaced by the fires and people were emotionally charged. like, Oh my gosh, look at what's happening to these people. We need to help. We need to help. And there was an individual who was like, well, why are we caring so much about that? The red cross is there. It's fine. But look, look at the stock market right now. If you're invested in this and this and this, you're going to lose all this money and all this. And I remember listening to this and thinking like, why are you crying over this? This You're not really that invested in whatever. There are people's lives that are being displaced and going terribly because of these fires. In that moment, like, I I know for me, because I had
2: some investments in that, I was like, I can choose what I'm going to care about. Well, and even even there, like, yeah, there are people who in that stock market loss. Yes, they lost a lot of money. They lost a lot of resources. They probably were going through some hard times. But one of these things is something you can do something about. The other is not. You can't just fix the stock market, but you can go provide relief Mm -hmm. to somebody who's been ousted from their home.
1: So I I think if we're we're understanding that all these things roll together, then I think the question I would ask someone is what what is it that's controlling you? Like what, what is it that's guiding you? Is it this image of this vision that, that I'm going to pour as much life as I can into my religious affection? Mm-hmm. <laughs> am I going to pour as much life as I can into the life that I have in God? Or am I going to let lesser things own me? Am I going to let lesser things control me and sway my heart and, 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 kind of capture my attention. I think all of this kind of builds into, okay, I'm going to vivify righteousness, which is by definition a right relationship with God. I'm Mm -hmm. gonna vivify walking with God. That's the point here. That's what all of these resolutions are. And so for our listener, we'd say, hey, what does it look like for you to make a resolution around that? What does it look like for you to not make excuses? That's part of what I love about Edwards. He, he's, he doesn't like play half halfsies. He's like, he doesn't go like, I'm going to go into it a little bit, like put my toe in the water. He, he's like diving in head first. What does it look like for you to dive in head first to the life of righteousness, of holiness, and of purpose that, that we've been given in Christ? That's the, the real question.
0: And we see there are many options you can take to make resolutions. A lot of these were reflection. A lot of them was uh, taking small steps towards things. And right here, it's just I guess going along with even small steps is just like making sure that your emotions are invested in the right, proper things that can be within your control. Uh, man, you shared a lot today, and it made me think about idolatry in my own life. It made me think about like there are times I'm like, yeah, I care about the kids in the youth group and church and all these things, but a lot of all my extra time, man, I am I. There was a time that I was thinking about competing, and but in an, an, at an unhealthy level, and like all my free time. Was going towards like just training and training, not because I wanted to help anyone, but because I want a glory for, for myself. And after a while, I was like, this is, I took something that God gave me and I perverted this and it's taken away from helping kids and helping other people. And so that's, that's what was controlling me at that moment. So mm-hmm. just taking the time to reflect on that, I think is a, yeah. Yeah.
1: Next week, we're going to come back. We're going to do the other side of this coin. How do you kill your sin? Kill it with fire. Kill it with fire. Yeah. But uh, how, how about I pray and how, yeah. what we call it a day. Sounds good. Oh, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the new life that we've been given. We thank you that those who are in Christ Jesus, the old life has passed away and the new has come. And God, I pray that you would give our listeners a, a strong desire to walk in that newness. I pray that you would remind them that that desire comes from you and it doesn't just come with the desire that is that is without ability, but you give the power as well. You give everything we need to follow you the way you've called us to follow you. And God, I pray that this would result in us pouring energy and life into our walk with you. I pray that this would cause us to love you even more because of your great love for us. And God, we thank you for the example of, of Jonathan Edwards and, and the ways that he did good. And God, I pray that we would follow that and uh, and we would bring you honor and we would bring you glory. We pray in Jesus's name. Amen.